As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. This is the Mark Boris Podcast. Uh, good morning, bleak morning in Sydney here. Um, bloody freezing, heard it's uh, snowing up in the mountains, but uh, we'll get through it, no dramas. Got the two Nicks here today, Fordo and Boris. Uh, two Nicks don't make a right. Two Nicks don't make a right. Which, uh, there's def- definitely something wrong going Nick's on. Gonna, and uh, uh, Nick B and I, and I guess everybody else in the room, Jakey and, and Nick Ford, uh, want to wish uh, Alexander B- Boris uh, the best on his wedding this Friday. First of the siblings to get married. That's cool. First and last. First and last. <laughs> Against my advice, he's doing it. Anyway, no, no, good on him. Good luck to him. And uh, and Siobhan to his uh, beautiful wife-to-be. Right, uh, I guess yeah, we, we're going to talk about a, a number of things this morning, but uh, I just want to quickly talk about what the RBA did yesterday. And we, as we know, the RBA meets the first Tuesday of every month and they sit down and have their cup of tea in Lamingtons and hold hands and sort of work out what they're going to do with the uh, with the interest rates, and and not surprisingly, um, and it was predicted pretty heavily by most economists that they reduced the rate yesterday by 0.25 of a percent. So our official rate today is 1.5 percent, which is extraordinarily low. Um, the first thing you'd have to ask yourself is, whilst people are jumping up and down and clapping their hands, saying, "Yeah, yeah, interest rates going down," let's look at some of the consequences of that. The first consequence, of course, is the deposit rates are coming down, and um, there are a lot of people in this country, and there is an aging population who rely on the money they have in the bank. For example, my parents, um, who all of a sudden can't afford to live. Um, you know, if you're if you're got your money, I've got a lot of cash in my, at the moment as well, mate. I'm I'm feeling it. You're cashed hurting. up. Nick's cashed up. Good on you, man. <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm, I'd rather the interest rates be high from my point of view. Well, the, well the, and that's I don't some, have a mortgage. And, and it's funny. It's always about the mortgage. Yeah, interest yeah. rates, low interest rates, always about the mortgage. Low interest rates rates mean two and a half million or three million, whatever it is, the number of people in the country get an advantage out of it. But m- more importantly, there is a lot of people get disadvantaged by it. And those people who rely on their savings to um, live off. 
Mm. They just have to cut back. So, you know, pensioners in particular, some like my parents, they can't go and say, oh, we're not getting, uh, you know, we're not earning enough money out of deposit now, so what we're going to go and do is we go and get a bit of part-time work. They're in their 80s. They're not going to get part-time work. So they're not, A, they're not productive, and B, they're not contributing to the gross domestic product, and that is that they are not spending. Household consumption drops, which is why interest, why interest rates are low at the moment because our inflation numbers are extraordinarily low. And we've got to be very careful around this environment. So that's the first thing. The second thing is this, and this is really important. Um, the interest rate is not going to get passed on at 0.25. So the RBA wants the 0.25 to be passed on so they can stimulate the economy. That's the main reason why the RBA is doing it. They did talk about subdued wage prices. Uh, so what they mean by that is wage prices or the wages are not going up in Australia, and they haven't gone up for a long time now. And those wage increases are not keeping pace with house prices, for example. So there is a disparity now between the price of houses and the, 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 or the increase in price of houses and the increase of wages which support house prices. So there is a gap widening all the time, which is quite dangerous in terms of property prices in this country. And where it becomes a major problem is that the uh, retail banks don't pass on the full rate. So I noticed this morning that um, of the four major retail banks, um, I think the highest amount passed on to uh, um, borrowers was um, 13 basis points. So, And they're all saying they're not going to pass it on to the 19th of August, which is a couple of weeks away. So they're holding the interest rate pass on back. So that makes a fortune for them when you think about the size of the books. We're talking about trillion-dollar books in relation to mortgage, mortgage in this country. You, you withhold 25 basis points for a couple of weeks, you're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars going to the bottom line of the banks. That's the first thing. The second thing is when they don't pass the whole amount on, they make quite a lot of dough. And the excuse that's being put out, and I, I accept this excuse, excuse, the excuse that's being put out by, by the banks is, that, is this. They are saying, we can't pass on the full 25 basis points because we need to um, encourage investors to put more money in our bank accounts, which means we need to sort of hold back some of those base points and pass it on to depositors like Nick Boris. Um, and that that is probably right because the banks now have a lot of pressure put on them to have more capital, to hold more capital. That's been put on to them by the regulator and also by the global sort of standards that are now being applied to banks. Um, but the reason why we're now getting pressured onto our banking system to put more money on, have more money on deposit for our banks to have more money on deposit is because for many, many years, our regulator didn't put pressure on our banks to hold the same amounts of capital that foreign banks have been holding. So now we're playing catch-up. So our whole country, all our consumers are getting punished because of what our banking system now is required to do. And, you know, when you think, sit back and think about it, you wonder to yourself, well, I wonder whether the banks are going to start paying themselves less bonus or whether or not the banks are going to make less profits. Well, the banks are still going to make the same amount of profit. No matter what happens, they're going to make sure they still make their $8 billion a year each. So... I just think that there needs to be some sort of discussion around this. I'm not calling for a royal commission. I see Scott Morrison said, oh, well, banks are you know, happy to do anything, you know, whatever they want to do, whatever they think is appropriate. I don't accept that. I think someone needs to have a look at this and have a look at the how the policy of monetary policy is not going to work properly, given that the banks now are being pressured by the regulator and the banks actually have the ability to do whatever they want. I just think it's unfair. There's something wrong. Don't need a royal commission, but we definitely need a discussion. What do you reckon, guys? Yeah, that makes sense, I guess. <laughs> don't get so excited. <laughs> I was. Sorry, um, interest rates just don't 
do it for me. Like Except for when you got your money in deposit. Yeah, yeah exactly, which is not doing much. When, when you think about it, what do you earn? 1.9%, 1.8%? Uh, I actually just put some money in that um, in one of those ING accounts and they give me 3% actually. So, yeah, for how long? For a quarter? No, 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 it's annual, compounded daily or whatever it is. 3%, okay. Yeah, so 3% yeah, yeah. and let's say inflation is, let's say inflation is two for argument's sake. Yep. So you make yeah, exactly, one, net one yeah, net and how much tax you pay. And, and by the way, you pay tax on the 3% though. That's true, yeah. Absolutely, so, what, yeah. so your position is negative. Well, a tax on three, tax on three percent. No, ta- but a ta- no, 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 a tax, but it's a tax on the dollar amount of that I earn. Right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's only thirty. It's only thirty. It's only what? Let's just say corporate. No, let's work it out. You got a hundred bucks, and let's say you earn three dollars. Okay, correct. You, you pay, get tax on the three dollars. Okay, you got to pay. You got to right, pay a so, dollar. Yeah, let's assume your tax rate is thirty yeah, percent. Yeah, yeah, you got to yeah. pay a dollar, right? Yeah. So you got to put the dollar aside. That's the the. Ta- so you've made two dollars. Okay. Yep. After tax. And I just said the interest rate's two percent. Two percent on a hundred bucks is two percent. So you've lost money. You didn't make any money. It's not the stuff I wanted to talk about. So. <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> losing, well, the, losing but, money. But Nick, Nick, what's Whilst the point? What's the point? Yeah, because you know what actually happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You will spend that money before the tax is due, and you won't have the tax. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, and 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 the, and the question. And I'll, I'll go a little deeper into it. The question. The question becomes: Okay, you're saving to buy a house. How, um, house prices are going to gallop ahead of you at a faster rate than the amount of interest that you earn, much faster rate, yep. and definitely going to gallop faster faster than you than in relation to the wages you earn because your wage increases. Because you, you pay my wages, and, correct, and you so, don't pay me enough, correct. So <laughs> and you, and there's no increases. So yeah. as a result of that, and, and I can say the same. I mean, at Yellow Brick Road, we've, I've got a wage freeze, for example. I, I said no, no more wage increases. Increases, so you know, like it's there's something wrong. There's a there's a disconnect in the economy, and that's I think this is what the Reserve Bank's worried about, and I think yep. that's the reason why interest rates are so low. Yeah, I'm actually um, I've actually got a, this is not a plug for it, but I've got a an apartment of mine which I'm putting on the market. It goes on this Saturday, and I bought it about twelve years ago. It's in Surrey Hills, um, and it's going to fetch a really good dollar. Gee, but gee. I I got into the market early on. Um, actually, my first property was in in Kings Cross, and it was one hundred and twenty five thousand for a, a studio. Sold it for two fifty. Used that money, bought a place for five twenty five in Surrey Hills, um, and going to sell that for a, for a decent amount. But I worry about you know the 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 youth these days are coming out of university and everything else. It's just it's it's unfathomable how people can actually afford to buy anything. You know, like it's Correct. to actually get into the market. You know, and and people want to live in the city. They don't want to live. Out in the suburbs, so it's um. But anyway, it's a good apartment. Well, in, when uh, I see something in Bellevue Street, Surrey Hills, Cobden and Hastings, please yeah. inspect. Um, <laughs> but when, what time is the opening? <laughs> but I mean, I mean, but on that point though, that's that's an interesting point. What that means is that either one or two things are going to happen. Either wages are going to be pressured to increase to be able to afford to, to buy those sort of apartments, yeah. um, or those apartment prices have to come down. You it can't keep going this way. <clears throat> So the uh, the the income to asset price ratio, which I often talk about, in certain sectors segments of the market like Surrey Hills, is getting out of control. Unless you've got a foreign buyer who is not that reliant upon their wages and they have a lot of capital, and don't therefore need to service a debt like the Chinese market was doing in Australia, then unless that's the case, generally speaking, it'd be fair to say that there's Australians can't afford to buy real estate in certain pockets in, in, in Sydney, for example, mm. Lake Surrey Hills. So what something's got to give. Something has to change. Either the wages go up or those people stop paying for those prices. So, mate, hurry up and sell it. Well, the other thing as well, when you say about wages going up, I, uh, and part of the, dis- the discussion today is I always think about that, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate in a job where I'm, I'm the boss and I'd, I'm 
mastermind ship, but the big dicky, the big dicky, the big cheese. But in terms of um, people that <clears throat> are in jobs at wages that they want to earn more money, it's I think there's now is a time. Hang on, see, is this play filming us? Not sure. No, he's filming the uh, Coke sign. Yeah. What's going up there now? So just... did you hear what it's – I'll finish my story in a second. No, but they're, they're they're the Coke, Coke sign. sign. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. they actually um, are replacing the letters on there and when they went home the other night, they it had C-O-C. <laughs> so enjoy – Cock. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think it may have been a bit of banter of the guys actually doing it, but they just, they, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm disappointed. I thought he might be filming the Mark Boris show in the X studio here. Gonna, you I'm know, sure he well, is. It's very popular. Yeah. Okay, so go on. What was I saying, sorry? <laughs> We're talking about leadership or uh, but working for yourself. Yeah, and, and more, more time, now is, the, now is the time to think creatively and entrepreneurially to think, you know, if you are in a job the way you're, you're in a wage that you're not happy with and you want to get ahead, this is the time now to... Think creatively, and you know. Right, let's let's flip that for a second. Do you think everyone is um, is quite? I mean, a lot of people are going. I stuff this. I'm going to go work for myself. Yeah. Something. Do you think there are people out there that aren't that probably shouldn't be doing it as well? Like, um, I mean, do you think there? Do you oh, think de- definitely. You know, it needs to be a, a an educated decision around that. But sometimes you've got to, if you've got a bit of drive and nous, and you know, yeah. Nick and I are working with someone at the moment who's just had his first baby. And, you know, he's just left his big agency and gone out doing a startup. And his business partner has got the full-time job sure. to fund the startup. And he's yep. said he's living on baked beans. But yep. he's got a, got a dream and a vision and he's, and he's hungry. So, he, you know. Mm. Um, so, anyway, the, the, whole, the whole wage increase thing, I, I, think it's, I think that's important. But I think also it's, it's back, to the, back to the individual to stop whinging. Just, well, they've just, got to just, supplement just, the wage. The wage is not enough to get another job or uh, get another job, do but, another business yeah, or whatever. I mean, it's so exciting in this day and age <clears throat> to what's possible. Well, know? the necessity has always been the mother of invention and we know the government keeps talking about innovation and like let's innovate, let's invent things and let's, let's, let's like recreate things. You know, one, one thing is for sure is what's hap- probably going to happen is the government's going to drive the economy into such a bad shape that everyone's going to have to do something, so, which is where it's happened because people aren't going to earn, aren't going to get an increase in wages, so they're going to actually be forced to do something innovative or entrepreneurial or it change the way they operate. I mean, that's and – and the great thing about the internet is it allows you to do that sort of stuff after hours or at night, weekends. Like Nick Boris is – he's always looking at some new idea, some, you know, something something – and, you know, it's all about supplementing his income at some stage, you know, mm. become a billionaire by the time he's 30 if possible. Trillionaire. 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 He's gone straight through the alphabet, straight to T. You know, you know what? Um, <clears throat> in my high school yearbook, they said um, they wrote, they wrote um, most likely to dot, dot, dot about everybody, right? And they said uh, Nick Burris, most likely to make uh, – most likely to be the first person to make a million dollars. All right, but the second thing they wrote about me was the first person also to lose a million dollars. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I don't know if I've if I've if I've um, in which achieved, order if I if yeah. I've achieved that. Um, well, like I, I could still I could still achieve that, right? Assuming no one else has made a million dollars, but I'm not sure if that's the case. Well, what you, group, it's but, better actually um, to lose a million dollars before you make the million dollars. <laughs> well, losing a million dollars, I don't have. Yeah, yeah because it doesn't yeah. matter. Then you'd have to pay it. But yeah, then, right. you get, then go and make it. Don't go and make it. And Chapter eleven. What's the Australian version of that? Is it, what's yeah, the, there is. It's a uh, part nine or something. Part like that, nine or something. Yeah, right. it's it's. It, I, I'm one of the phenomena that I've noticed, and and on this topic, is that I have seen. I've never seen so many people, and I don't know whether it's because of the Mark Borer show or what, but I've never seen so many people come to me with new ideas about. 
different things they want to start up. Yeah. Startups. I That's don't amazing. know. I don't know if it's a new phenomenon or because of, or is it because of the show? I don't know whether it already exists and we just dug it up. Yeah. My gut feeling is probably a, a, a bit of both. Yeah. But I've never met so many people coming to me with new ideas. I mean, on LinkedIn, I mean, I, I get hit up every single day about um, new ideas. Like people come to me, can I come and see you about this idea? Can I see you about that idea? <laughs> can I see you about that idea? And then and the same the same through Twitter, um, although I get a, through, a lot more weird shit out of Twitter, and, um, uh, and then people just emailing me at the office. Or people I used to know who I haven't seen for five years coming to me with a funds management idea or something like that. It's, it's gone crazy. Do you, do you know many people have gone bankrupt it, this year? No, just in general. I mean, well, that's one of the things that when I, I, I'm, I think that whole idea of people having to file for bankruptcy for if people have been neg- negligent in what they do, I, I agree that you know they, they need to be sort of put on the on the reserve bench for a while. But when a when a <laughs> when a, a government's trying to encourage people to innovate and take risk and take chances and everything else. Yeah. The punishment for I've got a mate of mine who's in construct was in construction, um, had you know eighty five staff, did everything right, um, and it was other reasons, compounding reasons, GST, which which went you know put his business under, yep. you know lost his house, lost his confidence, lost you know he can't and they take their passport away, everything, and it's just like but he was doing everything right, employing a lot of people, paying taxes, doing you know growing. And just gets gets the book thrown at him. So I, I think even from that end, when a when a government is talking about innovate and you know take risk and jobs and growth and everything yeah. else, and but if you fail, you get destroyed. In America, that's not the case. Yeah, you can, as, as Nick said, you can. Apply you can be, that needs to be. Well, you can be yeah. president of the United States <laughs> after three goes at it. Yeah, I mean, and by the way, <coughs> that's one of the things they announced in the in the twenty odd uh, innovations from the government last year and around around December time was to change the bank's bankruptcy rules. But what they've actually done is they've said in relation to certain segments of the market, and it hasn't gone through parliament yet, but if you become bankrupt as a result of doing a start-up, you only lose your um, passport for one year. What the hell? Like, lose your passport? Passport, yeah. Well, I mean, let's say you, you know, you've got a business that's got a global application or something like that. Not I mean, a terrorist. You, you can't go anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mate, terrorists don't lose their passport. Well, you've yeah. already lost – I mean, like, you know, you've already – Declare that you've got no money, so it's, well, they're not going to chase you, obviously, right? So I mean, why, why, why prohibit you from leaving the country? I don't know. know. It's a punishment. Owed, if, you, if you owed, if you still had a liability around your neck, yeah. then you know, then then yeah, take the passport away because you're a flight risk and not getting your money back. But they've already it doesn't make sense. They it doesn't make sense. Well, they've, a, already, they've already said, okay, you, you wipe slate clean, but I'm going to hold you here for. Well, a year. where it makes sense, Nick, is is their thinking. Their thinking is, are we going to punish you? For going bankrupt, and that's oh, the well, punish punish, punishment. That's, and that's Nick yeah, Fordham's yeah. whole point. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. should not get punished. It shouldn't be a punishment. It should be more like a a, a know, management, a, 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 a compliance thing. It's like, listen, okay, you've you've demonstrated you're a bit of a risky sort of dude. We want to sort of manage, and we don't want you to be on a board for the next year or yeah, two exactly. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And if you yeah. make some shitloads of money next year, you, maybe you should pay some of the creditors back at twenty cents in the dollar, yeah. whatever it is. But mate, to take someone's passport off, my thing is so demeaning. It's, it's like effectively saying you're imprisoned in Australia. Yeah. Especially when someone's just having a crack and having yeah, yeah. A, a decent crack. You know, there should be different categories of bankruptcy where, you know, the, the people that, you know, have, have not been, you know, haven't lost other people a lot of money. Um, you know, if it's their own business that they've grown. Them. Yeah, it'll be different if they if, if it's a Phoenix-style uh, bankruptcy. In other words, 100%. where I go bankrupt tomorrow and t- the next day I come up with a 
Yeah, today and the next day I come up with a brand new business which is flush full of money. Yeah. It'd be different if you're siphoning money off all the time. That's a totally different And the situation. liability shouldn't go away. I mean, I heard there was someone on the news the other day that came forward that Donald Trump still owes money, you know, like from one of the one of the towers he built. The guy's owed, you know, half a million dollars or something like that. The guy, like, you know, Donald's got billions now. Why can't he pay him back? Yeah, we should. I yeah. agree with that. Um, I mean, you shouldn't be a, bankruptcy shouldn't be a full stop, but bankruptcy should not also be a punishment. Yeah. So it's. Yeah. I think they need to re- revisit that because we need to encourage more people to go into business. The whole point here is if you if you think it's all going to be too hard and if you've heard horror stories about friends of mm. yours have gone into business and they've lost everything, why then would you take the risk? I guess it's a good segue into a, into a topic that I wanted to talk about. When do you... When do you um, how do you know when to keep going and how do you know when to stop and, 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 and file for bankruptcy or... Or, or just you know, pull li- out. Li- liquidate the business or just wind it up. Yeah. Well, I mean, there, there, I mean, obviously one of the big characteristics, one of the strong characteristics or virtues of a, of a successful person is they never give up and they're persistent and they're consistent and persistent and they hang in there and they keep put, plugging away. But that's got to be, do, be done with a level of intellect. Mm. You've got to apply intellect to these things as well. And... You're always got to be making, continually got to be reassessing your chances of of success, mm. and have other people give you a view on it, sure. not just doggedly saying, "I'm the guy. I know more about it than you do. Don't tell me what what's going to work and what's not going to work." I, I just think yeah. that's a really big mistake. So we need to have not mentors, but someone who we trust. Who how, how do you know? Like, because I mean, you know, Jack Ma, I was already, you know the Alibaba guy. Um, I think it was ten years before he cracked it. You know, and you know, you look at some people that are going. You can look at him and go ten years, and you did it. That's persistence. And you can look at someone else who hasn't cracked it yet, and is ten years along. You go, you're stupid. Like, well, how, we, how do you know? You know, but, what, what's what, when's that? T- when, when's that inflection point come? Because when you, know it, that you need but, to stop. Well, the first thing is you got to. I think it's about what you're achieving on the way through. So it's yeah. not just saying, "Am I being persistent? Have I got a good idea?" It's, "Am I achieving the milestones?" And are the milestones oh. going to get to the ultimate goal? So, um, with in, in regard to Alibaba, I think he kept seeing the milestones. He was in a growing industry for a start. You know, we've got to be in an industry that is, or an environment like the internet that is growing, or e-commerce, I should say, mm. is growing and growing and growing exponentially. That that's at least you're in the right spot. You yeah, know? you're being lifted with the tide. You're coming rising tide. Yep. Everybody rises with a rising tide. That's the first thing. The second thing is, do you have the right technology in his case, or the right ability to apply your business through technology to that rising tide? I think that certainly was the case in his, in his position. Are there others who are doing brilliantly who are doing exactly the same as me, but am I attacking a different market? So he was attacking the Asian market mm. and he's looking at Google. Google's doing the Google market, you know, or, and or Amazon. Mm. I mean, he's looking at those environments. Oh, shit, they're doing really well. The American market. The American market, yeah, yeah. sorry. The American market. Is, yeah, yeah. And he's doing the Asian market. So he's, yeah. he was doing the right thing. In other words, there are, he wasn't some pioneer trying to do something that no one else has ever done. Mm. And I guess as well as that, He's probably risking other people's money. Yeah. And I think that's a big part of it. Um, like he's probably had people willing to keep backing him. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, if, it's different when it's your own money. If, correct. Yeah. If it's your own money, then you're risking completely stuffing everything up. It's your time as well. I mean, you know, ten, 10 years is a long time to sort of commit to something without, you know, having uh, an economic result for yourself personally. Yeah, but I've been in businesses that have done that sort of thing. And, um, you know, like it's if you're in the right as you said, a rising tide. If you're in an environment which is rising and, and one you are an expert in and, and one that you have sort of the, the appropriate technology and had the, you have the wherewithal to succeed in, and others are succeeding. But everyone's all, everyone else is falling off the perch. Yep. You've so got to stop. So you've decided that, you know, it's, it's worth, keep, worth it to keep going. What, what are some of the techniques that you can use to, I don't know, to keep getting yourself out of bed in the morning and, 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 and 
that's stay hard. persistent. That's hard, Nick. Um, that comes down to personality and character, um, and that comes down to a lot of a lot, uh, down to a lot of like your your support group. Your, your or own. if you've got a family and they're sort of telling you, you know, your wife and your kids are telling you, listen, we need we need you to go and uh, and get a job. Good job, you know, well, and, that and happens. Leave a lot. the business alone, or uh, I, I, I actually think a lot comes down to the um, to what it is, the idea. You know, if you've if it's a shit idea. And you're constantly out there. You know, you're five years into it, and every time you present it to people, you're knocked back and shot down. And you it's, can't be it's, tipped. It's, to. it's probably not a. It's probably not worth pursuing. But um, the, I've been in some projects and some now very successful projects, like a Outback Wrangler on Nat Geo. That it took us ten years, me and Matt Wright, to get it where it is. It's now in sixty three countries. But early on, every TV network. What, what, what time's Outback Wrangler, mate? Um, yeah. <laughs> Seven thirty on that chair, um, but everyone that I met, TV producers, everything early on, questioned me of saying, "Have you ever made TV before?" It's like, no, but I think I've got a pretty good product here. But every time I'd Watch show show people reels, they would go, "That is that's incredible." So I, I was encouraged by other people, always reinforcing my own belief that my product was great, and that's why just Seek persistence, validation. persistence, yeah. and timing. But if you if you're constantly sharing your idea and your your, your vision with people, and people aren't getting excited, and, then, and they're not getting excited. Well, yeah. I think that's, that's a pretty clear tip. sign. That's a great tip. And then then if you if you if you if your wife's you know, if your wife's like, going, hey, listen, honest people. Go, yeah. go and get a job. Yeah. Well, you, you know, if, uh, you, you might need to listen because sometimes yeah. people can live in a bubble and and especially these days with startups and everything else, as, as we've seen with this show, there's a lot of people who develop stuff in their lounge room. You know, they're not out there in workspaces and connecting with people and sharing the ideas that they live in a bubble and they can invest their own money into it and everything else. But, you know, when they present it and present it here and present it to other people, it's it's not a Well, that's a good because last night I was talking to a guy who's got an idea and I said to him, look, and he, he said, look, can I send you a copy of it? And, uh, and I said, mate, the more people you talk to about the idea, just keep getting feedback. And you, you just made an important point. You can't build and develop these ideas in a black room and not talk to anyone about it. You've got to get out and keep expressing it. And Join talking. a co-working space. Join yeah. a co-working space. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and a friend of mine's talking about that at the moment. He's like, oh, you know, he's down in Melbourne, so we can't join our, join ours. But uh, yeah, he, like he's willing to pay whatever it is just to have other people, like-minded people around him. That he and you get a sense from it. And, yeah. and not only inspiration, but actually pitch to them and yeah, sure. practice your pitch validation. and say, yeah. what well, validation? Yeah. Not only should seek validation, Nick, but you should you should actually somehow bank the validation and make mm. sure the validation is bankable. So in other words, it's got to be from real people. People have a real understanding, you know, who are and aren't bullshitters, you know, they're, they're going to give you a fair income uh, yeah. response. Yeah, don't just ask your mum. And, and just don't and, yeah. don't, and don't just ask your, your your missus either. And and by the way, equally, don't just listen to your missus when she said it's a shit idea as well because, yep. you know, you've got to have some balance but you've got to keep keep asking, keep talking and just don't talk to the same person all the time. Keep going to new people. Because mm. if I say something's a good idea and a guy comes back and I'm going to probably say it's a good idea again, you know, because I'm not going to sort of go back on where I was, you know, but I, because I, unless I know more. Mm. So you've got to just keep talking and keep – so but TZ's a good example for me. Um, like TZ, I knew a great technology, um, but we needed validation. We needed um, commercial validation, so we needed people actually to give us a check to sign off. And even if it was only for 100 grand worth of sales, that's commercial validation and understanding why you couldn't get a check for $2 million because – the process of actually installing the, these mechanisms, the, this, this this mechanical system, was um, was sort of uh, 
labor intensive. So I knew that you weren't going to get a check for two million, but 100 here, 120 there, 150, then it grew and it grew and it grew and it grew. And as long as it just keeps growing mm. and you get more commercial validation, more commercial validation, then you're on a good thing. That just means you need patient capital. So then you've got to go out and seek capital equity from people who are patient. Mm. It's interesting that you mentioned that, um, you know, um, TZ's a B2B business. Mm. Um, Yellow Brick Road's a B2C. Mm-hmm. What do you what do you think? Like, you know, a lot of people um, write in and they ask, you know, when I'm building and designing a product, what's the best thing to do as a startup with no resources? Which market do I have the best chance of reaching? Do you think a B two B or a B two C is probably the way to go when you're starting out? Or well, I, th- I, I think mean, any, any business eventually has has the, the ability to be both. Yeah, you know, assuming they succeeding. I think there's much more competition B two C because yeah. it's perceived as easier, and there's a lot of people you know, building apps and all that sort of stuff. I mean, a good example, Nick, is uh, the thing you and I are working on at uh, YBR. Sure. Um, that 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 technology platform. Yep. It would se- we have a choice to go B two C or B two B, and it would seem to me the commercialization, the the the, the um, to commercialize is probably easier to go to B two B. Because they got an imperative. Like what I'm finding is they've got an imperative. You know, the mm. when you're selling to a business, I mean, they're sitting there going, okay, we either need to imp- improve our revenues or we need to reduce our costs, and we and we have to do this, otherwise we're out of business. Um, let's get. I mean, having a discussion with someone who's selling a product that can do either of those two things is really important. And, and if and they, they make and, it, it, and they make it happen, whereas me as a consumer, like I mean, me as a business, I would I would definitely get out there because it's my you know it's my uh, it's my livelihood. But I mean, when I'm sitting at home and someone's calling me up trying to save me money or maybe more, I'm sort of I've switched off. I'm in a different mode. And I'm harder to sell to. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's funny you should say because only yesterday I was seeing. I used to always have his mantra. And Kerry taught it to me, Kerry Packer. He said to me one day, he said, son, I want you to go and do uh, an analysis of the business. This is in the wizard days. He said, I want you to uh, either increase revenue or decrease costs. I want more profit. And he was a 50% shareholder. And I said, okay. And he said to me, so the, the way I want you to think about it, he said, you go and ask all your managers and all the people you employ and ask them one question. And, and based on their answer, you decide whether they should stay or go. And then you ask him to ask the same question of everybody who works for them under them. The question is this, you, uh, do you make me money or do you save me money? If you don't do one, either one, you're going. You're going. Yeah. And that's a good point <clears throat> Nick just made, Nick yeah. Boris just made. Um, business owners are looking, will look at anything that's going to save money or make more money. So if you're coming up with a new idea, a new innovative idea, it's mm. easier to, not easier, it's um, it's a good channel to go to B2B mm. because that's what they think of and build something that's going to save some money or make them more money yeah. within an industry that you might have some expertise or have some sort of insight or have some sort of inspiration into. Mm. And uh, you know, I, 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 I think that to answer your question about B2B or B2C, I think B2B is a better avenue right now especially because mm. it's current. Right now it's current. People need a b- bigger marketing budget to reach the consu- reach consumers uh, And that's well. a killer, mate. Yeah. Above the line stuff <clears> and... Well, I mean, you can't. You can't. I mean, you can't reach. Uh, you know, you can go go and see one business and reach potentially millions of dollars of revenue, versus you know having to go and reach up. You know, a million people. A million we're going to give a dollar worth of revenue each you know, person. It's, yeah. it's just a well, lot the of, cost is ridiculous. Like a, yeah, the cost of marketing today is still really expensive yeah. relative to everything. So, like, and if you want to, you know, if you want to bust everyone's balls and, t- and take out a, you know, a, you know, take a, a segment out of a market or a section out of a new segment, mm. or an old segment. Um, you need a heavy marketing, mm. and that's just still costs a lot of dough. The other thing as well, whether it be to B or B to C, that uh, I think it comes down to, and Mark, you've talked often about this about 
creativity. It comes down to the idea. Like, what, what is your business? Um, some advice that my old man gave me early on in, in my professional career was when he was my boss, he said, um, you know, don't make me money. Making money is easy. Create me money. You know, create new ideas. Um, don't do the same thing over and over. Don't do the same. I mean, it's easy <clears> to do that if, when you've got a successful business and easy to make money. Uh, just doing the same, but create new opportunities. You know, think creatively, and I think taking yeah. a bit of taking a bit of risk and and coming up. You know, taking some time to think creatively. There's no point just going there and op- opening another law firm or you know launching something or another cafe, another cafe <clears throat> or something like that. Because people pour their time and and I see it so often of people. You know, where I live, opening a new cafe, and you can see that they're. There's nothing like we had in here, the, the girls from Scouts Honour. You know, they just nail it, you know, and they set a whole new benchmark in an area and then the person down the road opens a cafe sure. and they're sort of hitting the sort of 60%, 70% mark and it's like, don't stand shit, it's going to be a long road ahead, you know. Well, that's an example of the Alibaba thing we were just talking about. Yeah. So the girls from um, um, Scouts Honour Scouts Honor, yeah. Scouts Honor yeah. have gone, okay, cafes do well in Sydney for some reason. It doesn't yeah. really matter what the reason, but cafes do well. People eat out and drink the coffee out. So I'm in a, a growing environment, a rising tide, but like Alibaba, how can I do something different? Yeah. What is it that's different? And that they've come up with a different, Scouts Honor's come up with a different different version of the product. Different version and when they're closed at night, they've got a catering business. You know what I mean? So they then use the catering business to make more money and then open their second place. You know what I mean? Like but having but a, rather than just opening a cafe and serving coffee from 6 a.m. to 3 p.m. So they do something outside the cooking cutter. They do the cooking cutter, yeah. but they do something outside. And then reinvest well. and take a bit of risk. and yeah. But making sure that the, the quality of what they do is different to everyone else, you know. They've got a different a different position, you know. So Your business is a great example of that, like not standing still, being open to new opportunities, doing different, doing different, different things. So, I mean, I, I guess when your old man was running the place, it was probably just more talent management. Talent management. I mean, yeah, yeah. You, you look at what the Fordham Company does now. You know, they like do everything. Nutrition, television production, um, sports, TV rights. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's, it's a, and, and that's that's why as well. It's, it suits my personality. Yeah. Um, and here's the other thing as well. What? How do people? When you asked before, how do people get going? Um, you know, it's almost a thing of going. My view is um, to ensure that. What are you doing there? Stretching. Okay. Um, <laughs> is to. I, I love people having some skin in the game. You know, yeah. and whether it's their time. And a lot of their time, um, or whether it's investing their own money, and not saying to someone, "Hey, listen, invest your life savings," but put some skin in the game. You know, when you talk about Alibaba using other people's money, um, you know, I think that's something as well. Because when you're a hundred grand in the hole on an idea, you've, if you're smart enough, you'll work your way out of it. You know, because yeah, you'll because you're you'll do enough. everything to try and crack the safe. <laughs> yeah, but if there's no risk there, you know, there's I think that's a you need that motivation. You need that. Waking up at two AM, thinking, "Jesus, how am I going to get out of this one?" You know, and there's no one more motivated than that Jack Meyer guy. I think he got. Have you, re- have you read his story? He got rejected from Harvard ten times. Applied for every other um, Ivy League university. Rejected him, him ten times uh, after he finished his degree at the community college in downtown Beijing or something. Applied for all the big gold-plated firms. They rejected him. Couldn't get a job at KFC. I think he applied for a job. So he had a cook, fuck cook, you cook, moment. Cooking, yeah. chi- cooking chicken at KFC and they, wouldn't, Chook. Yeah. they wouldn't let him do that. You know? <laughs> yeah, he, so I think the only job he, he did get, because he, he spent some time um, in Hangzhou uh, at, a, at a hotel and he and just by talking to the guests, he learned English. And uh, after he became... He's obviously a bright guy, pro- Proficient in English. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, after he became proficient in English, he taught English 
as a as a language, as a second language to Chinese people. Um, Persistence. And, and, and now he's now he's you know he's one of the richest men on the planet, running one of the biggest e-commerce. Companies. Well, it, it is the biggest e-commerce yeah, company in the world. I think it. Yeah, you're it's, right. It's, it's bigger than Amazon today. Yeah, it is absolutely. And its its market cap is just ridiculous. Um, yeah. And, and obviously, he saw a huge market, the Chinese market, which he knows. Mm. Um, and no one no one was getting into it. And he was lucky too because. The other brands, the North American brands, aren't allowed into China. Mm. And, you know, like if a lot of what's interesting, China, like Instagram's not in China. But it was, I don't think he was looking for opportunities. I think he was like, okay, well, I've got nothing else. <laughs> or like, you know, like necessity like, is the yeah. mother of invention yeah. Yeah. all the time. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the Iron Man. It wasn't like I'm too good for Goldman Sachs or something. It's like I can't get, I actually can't work there. Well, I remember when I was work worked there, at, at the law firm. I mean, the yeah. times that I worked the hardest is when I needed the most money because I only got paid what I earned, what I like, what I built. That was that was the way the firm worked, and the times I worked the hardest, I, I just know we're not. Oh, sh- I got something I have to pay, or I have to put a deposit down now because I got a family and all that sort of stuff. I would work much harder. I just rem- I remember really well, yeah. and I would, and you found a way. I and I bust my ass. Yeah. I just just to, I got to build more fees. I got to build more fees, you know, because I, I'm not getting enough. And uh, and then I'd have a little rest, you know. And uh, it, it, but necessity always works, and and I I, I think it's. You know, and, and we all impose a necessity on ourselves. It doesn't mean you're, um, you know, some people I know are born with money, and and but the necessity is not the amount of money they need. They, they create another necessity. It's either achievement or recognition or some self thing that they need to do. You know, and they push themselves with their own sense of necessity. Yeah, and push themselves really hard. But I, I know the story you told me, which I didn't know. The when you're building wizard, that you you know you'd, you'd work and work to midnight and. Pull a pillow out and, and sleep, sleep on, on the, the floor for three yeah. hours and wake up yeah, and yeah. get cracking again. 100%. You know? Yeah, I used to sleep on the floor. I used to sleep. I didn't even have a pillow at one stage. I used to sleep just lay, laying on the floor under the desk. Yeah, I, I think that's the sort of hunger that you know. I'm, I, I think that, and when you talk about, there's a lot of people out there now of new ideas and pitching things. And, and I tell you, also, you had no money, mate. Yeah, and I had a family. Yeah, all there's you have to yeah. at that point. You know, I had no money. Everything was invested in wizard. I I sold my house. Mm. I remember we rented a, like a lot of places. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I sold the house. I had to yep. sell the house. I had a house in Vaucluse. I sold it and I put all that money into into Wizard. You know, people think, oh, well, you know, he put 100 grand into it and it, it was sold for hundreds of millions. It's just bullshit. I put everything I had into it and I put every minute of my time into it. Mm. To okay. such an extent, I hardly ever saw the family. But I would sleep there on the ground under the desk and it was crappy. It was a crappy office. It wasn't nice or anything like that. It was just stuff. But it didn't bother me. I yeah. wake up fresh the next morning and people would see me doing it too, so that it semi-inspired other people not to do the same thing but at least to work harder. Yeah. Um, it was sort of quite – but it was cool. It was cool that I did that. I mean, I, in hindsight, I, I did it. It wasn't cool at the time. Cool. Well, I think we've run out of time today. <laughs> <laughs> Good chat, deep. Yeah, cool chat. <laughs> deep. We're into it. Yeah. Okay, guys. Okay, well, we'll see you guys. We'll hear from you. We'll, you'll hear from us in a couple of weeks' time. Um uh, off to go off to Alexander's wedding. Um, have a good week. Bulla, 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 bulla. See you guys. This has been the Mark Boris podcast. You can follow Mark on Twitter at Mark Boris, and find out more at markboris.com.au. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. 
That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.